0: Uh, Welcome back, everybody! It's Go Help Yourself, (laughs) a comedy (laughs) self-help podcast to make life suck less!
1: That is Lisa, hardcore (laughs) linky!
0: This is Misty Stinnett!
1: I don't get an adjective.
0: Oh, this is Misty in your face. Didn't it?
1: <laughs> Thank you. I am completely... Dumbfounded by the energetic switch that just happened because before we started recording, Lisa was adjusting to my very intense energy and she was like, okay, all right, it's gonna be a
0: recording. This is a weekly podcast where oh. we read a popular self-help book and give you all the tips, the tricks, the highlights, and the ground-earth-shattering memes. And if you like what you hear, go buy the book. And Enjoy! It- and if you don't, you're welcome. (laughs) Welcome, because we've just saved you time and money. We're reading
1: the book so that you don't have to and you can go on enjoying your busy life while still getting the perspective altering self help advice you've been craving. Craving! So. That's not how our intros normally go. It's actually totally
0: how it goes. It's just on a different tone.
1: That's right. So we're going to dive right in because it's been a week. Misty, you've read a book for us. Oh, thank you. Yes, I have. Um, This is a big one. It looks very thin. No, it does. I'm holding it. I'm holding it in my hand. It don't look very
0: big. Thank this you. looks very big, the one I'm gonna present. Oh next. my god,
1: it does. It's a Ooh, college textbook. I already want to give you a gift, some sort of a treat for reading that one. So the one I'm holding that I'm about to present is The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself by Michael Allen Singer. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Lisa's already on board.
0: So what well on the front it says something by Deepak. What does it say? So
1: there's a quote at the top by Deepak Chopra, and it says read this book
0: carefully and you will get more than a glimpse of eternity oh shut up Deepak uh, on the front there's like a horse running yeah, so it's a, on it's, a beach
1: so the cover is actually I think very pretty and soothing the bottom half is this nice aqua bluey green color and then the top
0: half is just a horse running wild on the beach see this remi- this, this is a great instance of beauty is an eye of the beholder and pretty and soothing because that reminds me of the classic movie Black Stallion mm. and that movie made me hysterically bald. so So, you're welcome.
1: Maybe it's meant to emotionally open you up.
0: Great. It's going to happen. Well, I'm here and I'm defensive, so let's hear it. I... Love it. So,
1: uh, you love this book? No. Okay. I love that you're here in Defensive, and we're all here for it this episode. If this is your first time tuning in, by welcome the way, back. <laughs> no, we're sorry. Uh, Lisa, Lisa hates anybody telling
0: her what to do I and do. authority. And she, I would have got mad that they reminded me of the Black Stallion. Yeah, that's right. And she's generally pretty suspicious of self help. Yeah, I grew up on the mean streets of Champaign and Urbana, Illinois. <laughs> Which, in my in my mind, I just keep picturing one giant that. tumbleweed. Excuse just, me. No, there's a Big Ten college there. There's when the with both cities combined and the students, it's over hundred thousand people. Yeah, we know you'll never let us forget. It's okay, all happening. where did you grow up? <laughs> Jupiter, a, Florida. No, in a
1: really really small town. So the joke is, old people don't live in Englewood, yeah. Florida. Their parents do.
0: Oh, <laughs> so did you say? <laughs> Anglewood? Anglewood. Anglewood. E-N-G-L-E. But I think Wood. Anklewood is more accurate. Anklewood. Mm-hmm. That feels right. So this is from the author's
1: website, mm-hmm. untetheredsoul.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael A. Singer is the author of number one New York Times bestseller, The Untethered Soul, and New York Times bestseller, The Surrender Experiment, which have been published worldwide. Oh,
0: I'm going to love that second book.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it, so there it is. He had a deep inner awakening in 1971 while working on his doctorate in economics and went into seclusion to focus on yoga and meditation. I feel like getting a doctorate in economics would also make me go into a a fever dream of an awakened state. Maybe. Maybe. Who can know? Math. It's a social science. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, yeah, it is. It's very interesting, actually. Mm -hmm. In 1975, he founded Temple of the Universe, a now long-established yoga and meditation center where people of any religion or set of beliefs can come together to experience inner peace. He is also the creator of a leading-edge software package that transformed the medical practice management industry and founding CEO of a billion-dollar public company whose achievements are archived in the Smithsonian Institution. That is vague and impressive. I have no idea. All right. Along with his more than four decades of spiritual teaching, Michael has made major contributions in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and environmental protection.
0: So but vague, I don't know but what he cool does. Sounding no, I don't know either. Fine. Okay. Environmental protection. He he recycled a straw once. Yeah. Okay. Great. Then I am. Then I am amazing. I'm trying to make a pan flute out of my water bottle. It's not working. What
1: kind of beverage is that? Lisa's drinking a brown liquid. I have
0: the Living apothecary, organic probiotic tea, hibiscus apricot, artisan iced tea blended with probiotics and kefir water.
1: Thank you. And I have water in spite. So, uh the current prices of the book, the hardcover is 1465. Yes. The paperback is 1375. Yes. The Kindle is 925. Yes. The audiobook is 2095. And the Overdrive app is free, free, which I not only listened to it on the Overdrive. The answer to
0: that on Apple Watch. Cool, cool, cool. So that's Siri. Uh, she wants to know. I said know. free. She's got an untethered soul. She really does. She goes off. <laughs> <laughs> off script all the time. so uh, You listen to it on Overdrive. On
1: Overdrive. And I am holding a hard copy that has been sitting on my shelf oh. for almost a decade. And let me read you Who the gave- note. Oh, the inscription. Well, it's just a, a paper
0: note. A loose leaf sheet. Uh,
1: written in a cute purple pen. And uh, this is from November 20th, 2012. Thank you. Dearest of Misty Posies, which okay. is what my mom calls me, Misty Rosie Posy. How are you? I just finished reading this book a moment ago, and for me, this is quite simply one of the best books I have ever read. As promised, I am passing this along to you now. Hugs, love, light to you, Misty. All my love, mama. Kiss hug, kiss hug, kiss hug. XOXO. Oh, thank you. XOXOXO. <laughs> Gossip girl. Um. So I have stared at this book for seven years, for seven years, uh, for six
0: and a half years. Uh, and I finally was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read it. Well, congrats on listening to it and bringing in the hard copy. Thank you. And I'm just noticing on the back, and big white letters on that aqua says, who are you really? Yeah. And what I want to say is, none your damn business.
1: Yeah, we're going to get to this. You're going to
0: love this book. I bet I am. So
1: I read the original edition, which was published in 2007. But there was a reprint with a new preface by the author uh, issued in 2013. So the original edition I read is 181 pages, but the reprint is 295 pages.
0: Oh, my God. He wrote another book.
1: Yeah. So 114 pages pages of additional thought, I guess. Um so when I when I first p- picked it up, uh my first impressions were I really like the narrator of the audiobook who is Peter Burkrot and it felt in the same arena but much more relatable and accessible than A New Earth. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're going to love it. So I'm going to use a, a Goldilocks analogy to describe this book. A New Earth is Mama Bear. If A New Earth is Too hot Uh and the four agreements is too cold and simple, Mm -hmm. then the untethered soul is just right. Okay. Right? So it's okay. So there are five parts to this book. Mm -hmm. Awakening consciousness. Sure. Experiencing energy. Okay. Freeing yourself. Yep. Going beyond and living life. Why don't you? Thank you. thank you. Each part contains three to five chapters explaining the concepts of each of those sections and examples to help understand them. There are 19 chapters. I was going to say there's anywhere between 15 and 25 chapters. That was math. Damn! (laughs) So I'm not going to cover them all, but I will (laughs) attempt a broad overview of the main concepts and relevant examples. Thank you. Thank you. So chapter one the voice inside your head Mm -hmm. he writes about the mental chatter we all constantly have going on in our minds Mm -hmm. and that our true selves are not the chatter or the thoughts but the consciousness that is observing these thoughts we got it
0: we've got this is a similar thing this is Buddha this is Eckhart
1: this is everybody exactly so I am going to read you a, a little passage of what he says there is nothing more important to true growth than realizing that you are not the voice of the mind you are the one who hears it if you don't understand this, you will try to figure out which of the many things the voice says is really you. People go through so many changes in the name of trying to find myself. They want to discover which of these voices, which of these aspects of their personality is who they really are. The simple answer is none of them. In fact, your thoughts have far less impact on this world than you would like to think. If you're willing to be objective and watch all your thoughts, you will see that the vast majority of them have no relevance. They have no effect on anything or anybody except you. You will someday come to see that there is no use for that incessant internal chatter, and there is no reason to constantly attempt to figure everything out. Eventually, you will see that the real cause of problems is not life itself. It's the commotion the mind makes about life that really causes problems. So we are already contradicting the secret. Because the secret was like, thoughts are everything. You, like, what you put out and how your life is, is all because of your thoughts. So wham, bam, thank you, ma'am.
0: I will say I got a little lost in that. He is he may be Goldilocks but he do veer a little into the Mama Bear Pop uh, Mama Bear Porridge of Eckhart Tolle.
1: A little, yes. Mm-hmm. But what is so beautiful about this book is that A it's not one long run-on sentence like A New Earth and B he uses a lot of stories. Stories. Could you imagine to tell someone something, oh, to like teach like a metaphor something. or an
0: uh, analogy?
1: <clears throat> Metaphors, examples of people, Great. everything. It's not just these abstract concepts. He'll then be like, okay, to make it make sense, imagine you just had a breakup. And then he'll sort of walk you through. Imagine that two ducks swam within five inches of him. And one is like, I will never trust her again. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, you missed one of the best episodes, <laughs> part two of A New Earth. <laughs> a New Perth, A New Perth. That is for our loyal listeners. Okay, so in chapter two, Mm -hmm. your inner roommate, which is an an analogy he uses. That bitch does not pay rent. That's right. Uh, And she's super annoying Mm -hmm. because she's your psyche. And she takes up a lot of space. Yeah, and she doesn't stop talking. No. So So he uses the analogy of your inner roommate to refer to your psyche. Mm -hmm. And in this chapter, he encourages us to start observing any time we feel an emotion or a disturbance.
0: In the force. I feel a disturbance in the
1: force. Thank you. Uh, so if we suddenly find ourselves feeling jealous, he says, don't ask yourself, what should I do about this, about feeling jealous? Instead, ask yourself, what part of me is jealous? What part of me is disturbed by this? My right pinky is jealous. Oh, that's very specific. That's great bodily awareness. Thank you. Okay. It's my pain body. So this is this is starting to become aware of us as the observer yes right which yes. we'll get to um and why we get upset by things Great. so once you clearly see the disturbed part then ask who is it that sees this who notices this inner disturbance me yep uh, that's right you are way
0: ahead of the game okay way ahead of the well, game. well i've read a lot of self-help books lately
1: yeah i don't know what you're talking about i haven't read any so asking this is the solution to your every problem i am the solution Thank you. The very fact that you can see the disturbance means that you are not it. The process of seeing something requires a subject-object relationship. The subject is called the witness because it is the one who sees what's happening. The object is what you are seeing. In this case, the inner disturbance, right, of being jealous, for example. This act of maintaining objective awareness of the inner problem is always better than losing yourself in the outer situation. Lisa's eye is twitching. Are, uh-huh. are you following? I mean, I am, but do he need to go through all of that to say it? Well, I think so, cuz if if this, look, you and I have the context of several of these books now. If this is the first book anybody has picked up about this subject, I think yes. okay. For that detail. Yeah, fair. Right? So, thank you. This is the essential difference between a spiritually-minded person and a worldly person. Worldly doesn't mean that you have money or stature. Worldly means that you think the solution to your inner problems is in the outside world. You think that if you change things outside, you'll be okay. But nobody has ever truly become okay by changing things outside. There's always the next problem. The only real solution is to take the seat of of witness consciousness and completely change your frame of reference. What about a witness protection program for my witness? That would change a lot of immediate problems. Thank you. Thank you. Um... So he basically says, you know, he talks about it in detail and says this involves a change from outer solution consciousness to inner solution consciousness. The only permanent solution to your problems is to go inside and let go of the part of you that seems to have so many problems with reality. There is a part of your being that can actually abstract from your own melodrama. You can watch yourself be jealous or angry. You don't have to think about it or analyze it. You can just be aware
0: of it. So, um, so he wants you to just kind of have an out of body experience watching yourself, just to not get involved in it.
1: Yeah, just to go. Oh, that's interesting. That the chatter in my mind is creating all of this drama, right? It's sort. It's sort of like what Don Miguel Ruiz was saying in the Four Agreements. Like, don't make assumptions because you can
0: just sort of spiral out about what's happening. It's so interesting, and can I say? Mm. So this is a little preview of the next episode, but. I for this week read Aristotle's way, and he's basically the original self-help book writer. And so everything I am now filtering through him, and interesting. it's very interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So he he would um, this is this is fascinating to me now. I'm hearing it through a totally different perspective and lens.
1: I'm shocked. I know. I can't wait to hear about it on I know. next week's uh, episode.
0: I know, it's a do's.
1: Okay, so now we're in chapter three, and it's called Who Are You? So this is going back to the question on the back of the book, who are you really? You don't know me. You don't know me. So he includes some stories and examples to highlight how we can prove what we are not, like everything around us, and ultimately lands on this definition of who we truly are. I am the one who sees. From back in here somewhere, I look out and I am aware of the events, thoughts, and emotions that pass before me. He says, if you go very deep, this is where you live. You live in the seat of consciousness. A true spiritual being lives there without effort and without intent. Just as you effortlessly look outside and see all that you see, you will eventually sit far enough back inside to see all your thoughts and emotion as well as outer form. All of these objects are in front of you. The thoughts are closer in. The emotions are a little further away, and form is way out there. But behind it all, there you are. You go so deep that you realize that's where you've always been. At each stage of your life, you have seen different thoughts, emotions, and objects pass before you. But you have always been the conscious receiver of all that was. Now you are in your center of consciousness. You are behind everything, just watching. That is your true
0: home. Ah. This is gonna come as some surprise, but I I have a problem with it. (laughs) What's your tell me. Tell me. My problem is that it seems like such a removed place to exist. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And this is it's funny, I have a note about this at the end of the book, but we may as well dive in right now because this whole book is about Letting emotions and moments and experiences pass through you. You're present for it. You have it and you let it go. Like trees driving on a highway. We see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trees as we're driving and we're aware of them and we let them pass by. Sure. Right? But what – and, and the, there's this idea that you can be happy no matter what as long as you're doing that. And then I, I just keep going back to like isn't that boring? Or or are you just expected to let any terrible thing happen to you if you can always be unconditionally happy or is that just a judgment and once you let go of judgments well, nothing is terrible and it, nothing is great
0: I I mean and far be it from me for a person who's very vaguely successful and male um it's a very privileged place to live I hmm. what if I see an injustice well, what I'm going to do is live in my seat of consciousness and just vi- see it and let it pass. No, I'm not going to do that. I think it's.
1: I think that is more, I think his philosophy, at least in the book, is all more personal. If there's an event happening to you, he's not saying like, don't take action. And he's actually not saying like, change your life. He's not saying change anything about the outer world. It's our, It's all about changing this inner state. But yes, it is problematic, right? Because if we're all going like, No, I'm I'm just going to let emotions pass through me. Often
0: our emotions fuel change. Yeah, You know, necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like we talked about with- um, With Greg Beckett. Yeah, Yeah. pain causes change. And if we don't have pain and we don't feel the need to alter things, we never do.
1: Yeah. And so he might respond, and this is my interpretation of the author's intent, but he might respond, you- don't need to change if you are always in a place of deep inner peace. If well, nothing disturbs you, you won't be in pain. So you won't need to change, but that just makes me go like okay, so if if someone's abusing me but I can find inner peace, do I not leave it, it, it they never seem to address
0: that yeah, aspect. I mean, but of like it. even Gandhi, you know, mm. he went on a hunger strike, but it, I don't think it was peaceful. I mean it was it had a it was a peaceful response, but I don't think that his body had felt peaceful. Hunger strikes are incredibly painful yeah, absolutely. you know and I think he could have used some of this to 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 survive some of the pain mm-hmm. but <laughs> it had a purpose and an intention. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It wasn't just to like let an emotion. You know, if I'm feeling defensive or if I'm feeling attacked, mm-hmm. I could just write it out and watch it or I could do something about it. Right. So that's my only thing thus far. Right. And somebody very who's removed. very
1: enlightened might go, well, that's just your ego talking because you don't know what it's like to actually live life without pain or without fear. Nobody or without, does. Yeah. So the, the whole the whole idea is that you get to a place of just like pure love for everything around you. But let's, let's keep going because yeah. maybe some of this will be
0: answered. I doubt Who it. Who can know? I doubt it. So that was chapter three. Who are you? I'll bet you one strawberry licorice out there that, that it, it isn't answered. And I don't mean to be contrarian. I just – this is my problem with this kind of thinking.
1: Yeah. No, I had I, – I wrote a whole little paragraph at the end with my questions about yeah. it because it's like, oh, okay. So no matter – like does that mean we don't strive – for greatness, does yeah. that mean yeah. we're just fine with everything yeah. and we just are in stasis forever? And
0: who am I kidding? Yes, I do mean to be contrary You do? Yeah. What are you even that's talking about? That's one of my, that's that's one of my skills. skills. That's right. That
1: is your unpaid job on this podcast. Thank so, you. In chapter four, the lucid self, he dives deeper into this. So I'm going to read you some quick sentences mm-hmm. from this chapter.
0: To which I will agree or disagree.
1: <laughs> I have a feeling I know which one. <laughs> So he asks, what differentiates a conscious-centered being from a person who is not so conscious is simply the focus of their awareness. It's not a difference in the consciousness itself. All consciousness is the same. As you pull back into the consciousness, this world ceases to be a problem. It's just something you're watching. It keeps changing, but there is no sense of that being a problem. The more you are willing to just let the world be something you're aware of, the more it will let you be who you are the awareness, the self, the Atman, the soul. You realize that you're not who you thought you were. You're not even a human being. You just happen to be watching one. You will begin to have deep experiences within your own center of consciousness. Lisa's giving me such a side eye. These will be deep, intuitive experiences of the true nature of self. You will find that you are tremendously expansive. When you start to explore consciousness instead of form, which is your body, you realize that your consciousness only appears to be small and limited because you are focusing on small and Limited objects. That's exactly what happens when you're focusing solely on the TV. There's nothing else in your world. If you pull back, however, you can see the whole room, including the TV." Likewise, instead of just focusing so intently on this one human being's thoughts, emotions, and sensory world, you can pull back and see everything. You can move from the finite to the infinite. Isn't this what they've been trying to tell us? Christ, Buddha, and the great saints and sages of all time and all religions? One of these great saints, Ramana Maharshi, Maharshi, used to ask, who am I? We see now that this is a very deep question. Ask it ceaselessly, constantly. Ask it and you will notice that you are the answer. There is no intellectual answer. You are the answer. Be the answer and everything will change. Shut up.
0: (laughs) No. I can text and watch TV, so fuck you. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can text and watch TV. And that is all of human consciousness and what we're capable
0: of. I mean, fine. It's just a very... (sighs) Whatever,
1: fine. I say yes. <laughs> okay. Move on. I can't. You're letting the experience pass through you. I love it. Um, I'm so, choosing. I'm choosing wisely. So now we're in part two, experiencing energy. Only part two. Yep. So yes, but it's going to go a bit more quickly. So this is chapter seven, transcending the tendency to close. Okay. And for me, this was actually the meat of the book Great. and the part that resonated most deeply. Okay. So he says true personal growth is about transcending the part of you that is not okay and needs protection. Okay. So. I'm okay.
0: I'm all right. I don't, I'm, I'm fine. I'm perfect. You always seem fine. Uh-huh.
1: So suppose somebody raises their voice at you or talks about an uncomfortable subject. Sure. These are not physically threatening circumstances. Your, your heart starts pumping a little faster. Sure. Right? The, the, the uh, reptilian fight or flight response. Right. You withdraw. You close down and pull back behind your protective shield. Some people fight and lash out. That's right. <laughs> what you are actually doing is closing down your energy centers. Even if you don't know you have energy centers, you've been closing them since kindergarten. You know exactly how to close your heart and put up a psychological protective shield. Um Because we've developed this hypersensitive psyche, we constantly use our energies to close around it and protect ourselves. But this process only hides the problems. It does not fix them. You're locking your illness inside yourself and it will only get worse. You will get to a point in your growth where you understand that if you protect yourself, you will never be free. It's that simple. Because you're scared, you have locked yourself within your house and pulled down all the shades. Now it's dark and you want to feel the sunlight, but you can't, it's impossible. If you close and protect yourself, you are locking the scared, insecure person within your heart. You will never be free that way. If you really want to grow, you have to do the opposite. Real spiritual growth happens when there is only one of you inside. There's not a part that's scared and another part that's protecting the part that's scared. All parts are unified. Because there is no part of you that you're not willing to see, the mind is no longer divided into the conscious and subconscious. Everything you see inside is just something you see inside. In order to reach this state of awareness, you must let your entire psyche surface. Every little separated piece of it must be permitted to pass through. If you want to be free, it all has to be equally exposed to your awareness and released. So, Basically, the idea is that. Oh,
0: I get it. Oh, great. And I am livid right now. Why? I don't. I, first of all, whenever anybody says it's just that simple, I want to throttle them. Mm. And I just imagine somebody who's maybe, I don't know, a sexual assault survivor reading that and being Mm -hmm. like, listen, you're closing yourself off and all you need to do is just open up. Just open up the window shades of your soul and psyche and you cannot make spiritual progress until you do that.
1: What he is saying is, and we're we're about to get deeper into this in the next chapter, but what he is saying is we tend to build our entire lives around avoiding – a feeling that we've had in the past, right? So the helplessness or the fear of being an assault survivor, et cetera, um, or whatever traumas we have that have happened to us, we build an entire life and career path and way of being in the world to make sure that we never feel that feeling again as opposed and keeping it inside and almost protecting it like it's this thorn that nobody can ever touch instead of feeling the pain, processing it, and and letting it go in a way where it's not dictating our entire lives.
0: So I did like that. I do like that. I, I, I love that that's what you heard. That's not at all what I heard. Now, mm. obviously, I'm listening to it and not right. reading and it. I, and, I, and we're about it. to get more context because he'll introduce a concept and then go deeper, deeper, deeper. But I also will say it sounds very victim blaming, which I immediately hate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're not happy, it's because you're not doing the work. You know, I, I, look, if somebody is a victim of the Holocaust and they never move through that pain, am I going to tell them that they're, they're not doing it right? No, no I'm I don't, not. I don't
1: think he's saying you're not doing it right. I never read any. Well,
0: I'm also not going to say then you can't make spiritual progress. That's fucking judgy, and I don't like it.
1: Well, yeah, and his definition of real spiritual progress, right, is to always just let things pass right through you. So yeah. according to his definition, then no, it might not be up to snuff. Yeah. But but I do agree that we all—and and what's, what's cool about— th- this book and the way he approaches it is he's like look we all have sore spots this is part of what it is to be human yeah it's and he uses the example of like now you know you're not supposed to talk about that in front of your father you know like those sorts of things of like they'll go off the deep end if we bring up this subject it's like why are we all trying to design our lives so that we never touch the fear instead of processing the fear and getting comfortable you know like
0: listen you're not wrong It's just an incredibly privileged position. There are entire communities that shun mental health. There are entire families and generations that have no access to help. We Mm -hmm. have entire communities that are not supported by, you know, and and that just slip through the cracks. So it's victim blaming and I don't like it.
1: It's interesting. Again, I'm going to push back because it didn't feel. Whereas the secret felt like this, if oh, you, well, if your life is not how you want it to be, it's because you aren't thinking the right thoughts. Yeah. This is going. If you want to feel inner peace, here is the path to that. Here's what I suggest you do. All right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I just, listen, anytime anybody says, it's just that simple. It's not simple. Well, and Don't sell me on the fact that it's simple because it's
1: not simple. Well, he also goes like, the second you try and incorporate this, you're going to have enormous resistance and it's going to take years of practice. You know, there are a lot of, and again, by the way, let's zoom out for a second and say, if you're intrigued by the things you're hearing in the book, this is why we recommend you read it if you're loving what you hear. yeah, Because there's so much more detail in this than I could ever cover. cover. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, um, but according to his definition, this is how you get to the path of spiritual freedom. Understood. And
0: also, as always, Misty's and my to- my our, our title of our book will be Here's a Caveat. Because what I just yes. would love is one <laughs> fucking caveat here. Yeah.
1: So do you want to know how to maybe release some of these experiences? Yeah. For energy blockage. So he says, begin by seeing the tendency to protect and defend yourself. There's a very deep, innate tendency to close, especially around your soft spots. You start by watching life and noticing the constant flow of people and situations that hit your stuff every day. Like this guy.
0: Like this. He is hitting something for you. Yeah, because he's a privileged asshole.
1: He's not. I don't.
0: Listen, neither of us know him personally. We don't. Yeah, we don't. So I can't say that he is. And you can't say that he's not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So he says you will eventually get conscious enough so that the minute you see the energy start getting strange, you stop. You stop getting involved in the energy. If it normally causes you to start talking, you stop talking. You just stop mid-sentence because you know where it will go if you continue. The moment you see the energy getting imbalanced inside, the moment you see the heart starting to tense and get defensive, you just stop. What exactly does it mean to stop? It's something you do inside. It's called letting go. When you let go, you are falling behind the energy that is trying to pull you into it. You can just sit in the seat of consciousness and let go. A thought or emotion emerges, you notice it, and it passes by because you allow it to. This technique of freeing yourself is done with the understanding that thoughts and emotions are just objects of consciousness. Every time you feel any change in the energy flow, relax behind it. Don't fight with it. Don't try to change it. And don't judge it. Don't say, oh, I can't believe I'm still feeling this. I promised myself I wouldn't think about that blank anymore. Don't do that. You'll just end up going with the guilt thoughts instead of the thoughts you already had. You have to let them all go. So it's, it's abstract. It's weirdly kind of specific. And also very vague. So we are now in part three. Freeing yourself. Oh, I'd love to free myself of this guy. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm so curious why you're so Listen, triggered. Because he.
0: I can't. I, I, I just can't. I can't anymore with a person who writes from a place of privilege. And sadly, that's the whole premise of this podcast. Imagine a woman in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. she does not have the luxury of just stopping.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I uh, what I th- I think maybe the difference is and I don't even know if he says this in the book. Yeah, it's not I love about, a caveat. It's not about immediate things that are happening to you right now. Like if someone comes up to you on the street and and is trying to mug you or hit you or something worse, he's not
0: saying let it go. He's saying from past traumas that you are triggered by. Well, listen, that's what I'm saying is that his, his it seems that his baseline assumption is mm. that extricating yourself so that you can start to do this work mm-hmm. is just that simple. It's just that simple to start doing this work, and it's not. People leaving abusive relationships. Some people never get out of them right. because it's fucking difficult, right. and we don't have resources supporting people.
1: I think if we were to make a, a, a distinction here, it would be the concept is simple, the implementation is hard. Yeah, and it
0: doesn't allow for people who can't, who are surviving. Yeah, yes. So. I would like that caveat. Right. But this isn't for everyday life for this millions for of people who around who the world. This is for people who have
1: their basic needs met <laughs> yes! who
0: want to process further so trauma. stop yes. that shit. I am so on board with that. Stop yes. that shit. Yes. Just make that caveat instead yeah. of being like, everyone in the world can just, it's not about you. You aren't even part of the world. You are in this seat of consciousness. Look, so many people, are, the majority of the world lives on a dollar a day and doesn't right. know where their food is coming from. Right. Because this, this is assuming that your hierarchy of yes! needs is met. Right. And not even that your hierarchy needs because there are people People in emotionally abusive relationships who have their hierarchy of needs met mm. now, yeah. and they 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 have food, they have uh, you know a place to live and sleep, and they have healthcare. They don't have the. I mean, we have. We have labor trafficking in this country. Mm -hmm. There are people who can't leave a house because they're undocumented and they're not allowed out. Right. Like, how are they going to do this? Right. This is my—I'm being very Aquarian. Right. I am concerned about the community. And when people get left out, I get pissed.
1: I love that you get triggered by the woo-woo, and then you go into, I'm being very Aquarian. (laughs) That's what my friend told me, (laughs) and as soon as she said that, I was
0: like, that's right.
1: Well, I am being very Sagittarian. Thank you. And uh, we're going to keep going. Yes. Part 3. Freeing yourself. I need to. So, chapter eight is called Let Go Now or Fall. Okay. He writes a lot about fear in this chapter, how many of us build our lives around trying to avoid feeling fear or protecting our fear so that it never gets stimulated, which is what we touched on a few minutes ago. Sure. But he says fear is the root of every problem, like prejudice and all negative emotions. But if we had no fear, we could be perfectly happy in life and could face everyone and everything without being bothered. He basically describes all of us as energy conduits. that energy, emotions, thoughts, and experiences are meant to pass through us. But when we feel a disturbance, we close around an energy or experience or emotion, we store it, and it becomes a sensitive spot for us. So I'm recapping a little since we jumped ahead. Yeah, Because we're storing it and not letting it pass through us, it causes an energy blockage, and fear is what causes most energy blocks. So he talks about our chakras. This is a very like Buddhist and yoga-heavy book, um, and how we tend to be most keenly aware of our heart chakras he says enough energy blocks can even cause depression but he says in order to not get blocked we must let it go how does my how does my stem friend feel about that uh your stem friend does not know enough about mental illness to comment i mean it's it's tough right because i the Depression that I've experienced in my life um, has come after traumatic events and an overwhelming amount of fear. So, But there's different kinds of depression, right? There's temporary situational depression. There's chemical imbalances. There's there's other things that we haven't even really been able to define around it. So I could not possibly say.
0: Um, But, I mean, look at Neil Brennan, who has literally tried every – Every treatment under the sun, including ketamine, including electric shock, including LSD, and he cannot cure his His depression. depression. What do you think somebody like that, who is actively participating Mm -hmm. in trying to get a sense of relief, would feel about somebody saying, maybe your chakras are blocked?
1: Well, and he's not saying... And, of course, this is the problem with the summary, right? He's not like, oh, your chakra's blocked to the end. Like, he is saying a lifetime of cumulative blockages and storing of fear and trauma and negative thoughts can cause depression.
0: Again. And I think it could for some. So I'm going to say something a little controversial. Please. I feel like you like this book, and so you're not being as hard on uh, some statements that you have in other books that you didn't like. Oh, interesting. Interesting.
1: I guess I also feel defensive because i am worried that my succinct summary I understand that. is not is not giving the full context needed and yeah. i am trying to
0: protect you from being triggered i understand that right don't, please don't prote- please first of all we both know that there's nothing <laughs> you can do to protect me from being <laughs> triggered secondly i just uh, uh, uh yeah and you're you're right. You're I and, and I also know that feeling from presenting books on the other side of it. It's like yeah, I'm like I'm oh up crap, I'm, I'm making Lisa hate this, and no, it's my fault. But you because you know what? Full
1: context isn't there. You're,
0: but listen, we all know I could read the whole book and love it, and mm-hmm. also hate it more. Right. And the uh, and our audience is listening might want to listen more, and, and they're f-
1: thinking, are Lisa and Misty still friends? What's happening? We are 100 <laughs> always friends. friends. <laughs> always
0: friends. Um, we're gonna go out and have snacks after this. Oh my god. Um, I just feel like I don't know. There's something about it that. It's making me really, really pissed about it. I'm feeling that on this side of the table. I know, but it's. I'm not pissed at you. You know that. Yes, and
1: you. And even if you were, I mean, who can care?
0: People disagree. I'm gonna let it pass through me. That's my challenge. That's my only. My challenge is that I feel like you like this book, and so that I feel like a statement from another author, like. Gay Hendricks who would say that like blocking your chakras could lead to lifelong depressions, you would be like, "Fuck that guy!"
1: Right, but it's not as simple. That is my sentence, got not it. his. Got like it. he was like, uh, "If you do this for your entire life, it can cause this got it, got it, overwhelming
0: blockage." And uh, so, fair.
1: I am feeling responsibility for that statement, that's which fair. is why I'm defending also, it. But you're
0: not responsible for this guy. He can take his no. Licks. But
1: for my own
0: statement, I get you. I get you. What is,
1: yes. So anyway, I I do know that personally on a Day to day, energetic basis. I uh, I'll have a super busy like week or two weeks. I'll store all of it inside. I'll continue to function. I'll continue to be on. I'll hit all my deadlines. Sure, sure. And then I will suddenly cease to function. Like (laughs) I'm not kidding. On Friday night, on Friday night, I got so flooded. I call it flooding. I I got so flooded. No, I do. I do.
0: My eyelids stop blinking. No,
1: I couldn't. No, Uh, when I say that, I mean it. I. Got under my gravity blanket, Mm -hmm. turned all the lights off, could not lift my phone, could not send a text message, could not do... Anything and I laid there in the dark for two hours because I lost my shit because I've been storing all of it. I really do believe that I was just internalizing it and functioning and not giving myself balance. And then finally, when I have a good cry and I release and I actually feel those feelings, my energy comes back. So, uh, this resonated with me on a day to day basis. I I am not saying like somebody can cure their depression, you know, from that. But for me, I do store
0: and then need to release. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. But I, I do feel like, you know, I, I suffer from chronic depression. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I take medicine yes. on the daily. Yes, So I guess I and I have a sensitive spot that he would tell me I need to stop protecting around when people say things that kind of, I don't know what's the right way to put it. The kind of, um, uh, I guess, belittle yeah. medicinal treatment or psych- yes. psychological oh, treatment. Oh, by the way,
1: nowhere in here does he say anything about do not take medicine or yeah. this is the only way. He never says this is the only way. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's just
0: maybe a, an artifice of living out on the West Coast for a very long time is that, I, did I ever tell you about the, <laughs> the retreat I went to where people were like, meditation, not medication. And I was nope, like- Nope, nope, I'm so
1: out. Goodbye, yeah.
0: So I, there was a lot of that where I was just, I, I I do kind of lump all that in. When people don't explicitly say, you have to take care of yourself. Well, yes. I and, need that caveat. And
1: also, after Gay Hendricks and Rachel Hollis and The Secret, it is hard to not come at any of these books with that lens. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wonder if we'd read this first if we'd be so triggered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'd be like, I'm Black Stallion all the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm free horse on the beach. Thank so. you. Thank you for that small diversion. I appreciate it. That. No,
1: it's great. But I, I think, again, it's the hermeneutical lens that we come yeah. at these things with. And I am privileged. I am coming from a privileged perspective. So am I. I have all my needs met so I can contemplate, is my fucking butt chakra blocked <laughs> or whatever? No. We've talked about this. That's one of the chakras, right? No. Your nose chakra, your butt chakra, your no, tit chakra. No, none of these no. are chakras. If they feel like them, but you that's can. where my energy is. If you is. have a butt
0: blockage, you definitely feel it.
1: Yeah, you really want to release or it can become a lifelong problem. That's true. So, uh, Thank you, thank you. He says, in order to not get blocked, we must let it go.
0: When f- <laughs> I mean, everybody you. is thinking about their butt chakra now.
1: Thank you, I am. When fear comes up, you simply permit the pain to come up And pass through your heart. He says that when we remove blocks, the replenishing energy that is always there and flowing through us will replenish us. So he uses this analogy of a breakup to explain this. So, say a man's long term girlfriend leaves him. Bye. Bye. Boy, bye. He is so depressed. He can't go out. He doesn't have the energy. Food doesn't taste the same. Won't go out with friends. Just his energy is. Nothing compares.
0: Nothing
1: compares. There's a great Chris Cornell cover of that. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Thank you. Um, But suddenly, after months of feeling this way and barely being able to drag himself out of bed, his butt chakra explodes. That, that, and once he's done cleaning it up. Yes. His he gets a call from his ex girlfriend, and she says, "All I, the flowers that you planted, lover, in the backyard."
0: <laughs> Keep going. Okay. She says, "I." She calls him
1: and says, "I made the biggest mistake of my life. I love you so much. Can I come over?" Yeah,
0: she comes over and she sees how he's been living in squalor, and she's like, "Actually, <laughs> I feel pretty good about my choices, <laughs> That's
1: right?" So once the stench is cleared yes. out, um, he hangs up the phone and he's filled with energy it's no longer a blockage for him like he is springing out of bed he's so happy with life again etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. so that is one of the examples he uses to highlight how can we suddenly have this like wellspring of energy Oh, i feel
0: really sad for that
1: guy <laughs> i know i do too because you could say he's relying on external things for his internal state of being but the point is yes. it highlights how, how an energy shift and how it's always there if it but if it's blocked According to this guy. So, got it. Got it. A ton it. of
0: science to back this up. But, Thank you. Um, uh, that makes sense. We've all had those kind of shifts. Yeah. A terrible day can turn around great and a great day can turn around. Burn, That's exactly right. When your butt chakra explodes.
1: Listen, it's never a good thing. Hopefully you're not in the car. So he says you can block energy by either trying to push experiences away. Yes. Um, or trying to keep them close to you and clinging to them. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like (laughs) sand through the hourglass. So are the days of our lives.
1: (laughs) So are the days of our lives. (laughs) Um, you can train yourself to stay open and not close to access more of this energy. Okay. He says you practice by not closing. Deal with any situation, but do it with openness and enthusiasm. So he says what it means to live life is to experience the moment that is passing through you and then the next moment and the next moment. Like the way. So just be in the moment. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And that's when he uses that trees on the highway analogy, right? Cool, 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 cool. So
0: now we're. I can't collect every tree because my car is only so large. My tree is three cars large. So (laughs) wait. My car is three trees no, large. my tree is three cars large. Listen, I am dyslexic. No, your tree is three cars large, and my car is three trees large. And so, like, I can take all the trees, and also I don't want to cut them down. So I just, like, see a tree, I pass the tree, and I let the tree go. Can you please talk like that
1: for the rest of the podcast? This yeah. is Marge.
0: You don't know Marge from Wisconsin? No. Oh, for a cry. <laughs> I... Marge, we'll bring you over a plate of lemon squares. So, Marge, we're going to talk about
1: stealing freedom for your soul, oh, chapter I never, 10. I never
0: steal anything. Okay. Well, but I am American and fair I love price. freedom. Okay. So, it's not free.
1: It's not free. It
0: Cost um, folks like you and me.
1: Thank you. He says, everything will be okay as soon as you are okay with everything. And that's the only time everything will be okay. I have Thank that you. cross-stitched
0: on a pillow in my in my front oh, living room. Oh, I'm getting
1: triggered by this statement. So all you have to do is stop expecting the mind to fix what's wrong inside of you. That is the core, the root of it all. Our minds are just computers, tools, analyzing the things around us, yeah. we must become aware of our mind.
0: Yeah, they're the fastest computer on the planet.
1: Mm-hmm. He outlines some awareness practices at the end of chapter 10, and all of them have to do with relaxing and releasing any disturbances that come out and simply watching and becoming aware of the melodramas yeah. our minds create. Yeah, you got
0: to rela- relax and let it all come out. Thank you. That's what I tell my four-year-old Mitchell when he's on the <sighs> potty. has a butt
1: chakra problem. Oh, no, he's just got a constipation. Oh, sounds like a butt chakra problem. <laughs> <laughs> chapter
0: 11. Pain, the price of freedom. Oh, now this sounds like (laughs) my jam.
1: Okay, so uh, this is on page 99. One of the essential requirements for true spiritual growth and deep personal transformation is coming to peace with pain. Yes. No expansion or evolution can take place without change, and periods of change are not always comfortable. Yes. Change involves challenging what is familiar to us and daring to question our traditional needs for safety, comfort, and control. This is true. This is often perceived as a painful experience.
0: Yeah. But when I was giving birth to Mitchell. Now he was an 11 pounder and the doctor told me he was going to be seven. So I said, Oh, I don't need Surprise! an epidural. And, uh, and, uh, come around, you know, when he was crowning, I almost passed out there. Uh, and then, uh, a doula came in and she said, do you want me to massage your perineum? And I said, you get the fuck right out of my room. And, uh, I just pushed right through it. And you know what? It was worth the pain, but it passed. I also released a butt chakra.
1: Marge, I want to get out of your weird-smelling house as quickly as I can. Oh,
0: that's just the dog.
1: Okay, so becoming familiar with this pain is part of your growth. Even though you may not actually like the feelings of inner disturbance, you must be able to sit quietly inside and face them if you want to see where they come from. Yeah. Yeah. Once you can face your disturbances, you will realize that there is a layer of pain seated deep in the core of your heart. Yeah. This pain is so uncomfortable, so challenging, and so destructive to the individual self that your entire life has spent avoiding it. Your entire personality is built upon ways of being, thinking, acting, and believing that were developed to avoid this pain.
0: It's true. I wanted to stay pregnant forever. I did not want to give birth.
1: Since avoiding the pain prohibits you from exploring the parts of your being that is beyond that layer... Real growth takes place when
0: you finally decide to deal with the pain. Yeah. Now, so when I finally gave birth, the doctor put up a mirror so I could see Mitchell coming right out of my huahan. Let me tell you, facing that pain was no joke. Marge. Yeah. Can you go get Lisa? I sure can. Okay. Thank you.
1: You done with March? Lisa? Are you done with Marge? I love her. I don't know. I don't know how to interact with her um he says you must not be afraid of rejection or how you would feel if you got sick or if someone died or if something else went wrong uh-huh you cannot spend your life avoiding things that are not actually happening or everything mm, will become negative that's
0: true As worry um, he's talking about worry. well he
1: says stress is normally caused by things that have already happened or have not happened yet right yeah so
0: Although there are scientific studies that show that wor- people who worry live longer Oh, well, I'm going to live a long time.
1: (laughs) So he says, if you want to be free and grow and explore life, you cannot spend your life avoiding the myriad things that might hurt your heart or mind. You must look inside and determine that from now on, pain is not a problem. It's just a thing in the universe. If you do not learn to be comfortable with it, you will spend your life avoiding it. Uh, He also says you must learn to stop fighting human feelings. When you feel pain, simply view it as energy passing through your heart then relax. Do the opposite of contracting and closing. Relax and release. Relax your heart until you are actually face-to-face with the exact place where it hurts. Stay open and receptive so you can be present right where the tension is. And then relax and go even deeper. This is very deep growth and transformation. And you will not want to do this. You will feel tremendous resistance to doing this. That's what makes it so powerful. Just see it as energy and let it go. If you close around it and resist, it will stay with you.
0: Yeah, this sounds like constipation.
1: It does. Relax. Yeah, relax. Don't resist. It'll stay with you. On the other side you of pain... will not pain, want to do this. <laughs> yep. On the other side of pain is ecstasy and freedom. Okay,
0: now that is what ha- what you feel that, like that when is, you're done that with it does feel right. It feels,
1: it feels right. We have to accept pain to let it pass through and go to the other side. Pain is the price of freedom and the moment you're willing to pay that price and are no longer afraid of the pain, you'll be able to face all of life's situations without fear. If you close around pain, you will be psychologically sensitive to that subject for the rest of your life. But if you relax and release, you will be able to access the ocean, of love behind this fear of pain oh Billy Ocean of love mm-hmm. peace and love will ruin well nope <laughs> peace and love will run your life <laughs> you <Get> will
0: out <laughs> of my dreams let me ruin your
1: life ooh, ooh, ooh. you will finally be free from the binds of the psyche mm. okay so now we're in part four going beyond okay this part of the book starts to become exceptionally woo woo uh, okay If you didn't think we were there yet,
0: we are now. Well, as we all know, I love a good woo-woo. That's right.
1: So this is where he starts to talk about how once you've stopped becoming disturbed by those things around you and you have true inner peace, you can begin to transcend consciousness into enlightenment where your own consciousness is not solely focused on your personal self, thoughts, feelings, or emotions. No. I'm going to read you a little something from chapter 13. This dude preaching
0: enlightenment? Yeah. Did Buddha have something to say about that?
1: Well, he, he basically says that enlightenment is so abstract that all any of us can really say about it definitively is that we don't have it, which I thought was really funny. He's got a good sense of humor. No, no. really. He's like, it's so people call, you know, he says it anyway. Okay. He comes to it and is like, but here's what it is. And okay. We'll get there. okay. So this is from uh, chapter 13, far, far beyond. Okay. Would you like to go beyond? No. Would you like to feel no edges? No. Imagine a comfort zone that is so expanded that it can easily fit the entire day no matter what happens. The day unfolds and the mind doesn't say anything. You simply interact with the day with a peaceful, fully inspired heart. If your edges happen to get hit,
0: the mind doesn't complain. It all just passes through. Question, if I'm at peace, does my mind truly say nothing? And what does that life look like?
1: No. It's actually – what's interesting is for most of the book, he's going, we are not trying to get your mind to be quiet. Not yet. Okay. It's just becoming
0: aware of the chatter and not letting it run your life. Okay. but So here he said – Imagine your mind saying nothing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because we are, yeah, you're right. Because we've transcended past those thoughts. That makes me right? feel like I'm walking around in The Walking Dead no, it just and nobody's around. makes me around. feel crazy. I know, because I can't imagine what that feels like. And this is where these concepts get very convenient, because then the author can go, well, that's just because your mind can't imagine that kind of love and blah, blah, blah. But it's like I literally, like, to have a quiet mind and just be
0: sounds boring. Well, I do that when I meditate. I aim for that. but I. I enjoy my company. I like my point of view on things. Yes.
1: I like your point
0: of view. I I like like your point of view view too. I like everybody's point of view. I like my friends. But in my head, I have my own. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm not in a constant state of like turmoil or fear or whatever, I'm just living life with my own perspective on things. Is that wrong?
1: It's not wrong. But he might say that you can't achieve The maximum amount of love and spiritual growth that way? Or that there's a crazy cool place to go far, far beyond? You know what I say to him? Oof, So, he says, if your edges happen to get hit, the mind doesn't complain. It all just passes through. This is how great beings live. When you are trained, like a great athlete, to immediately relax through your edges when they get hit, then it's all over. You realize you will always be fine. Nothing can ever bother you except your edges, and now you know what to do with them. You end up loving your edges because they point your way to freedom. All you have to do is constantly relax and lean into them. Then one day, when you least expect it, you fall through into the infinite. That is what it means to go beyond. Okay. So, chapter 14, letting go of false solidity. And here's, here is what I will say very quickly about what we've heard so far. For me, my takeaway from the book at this point mm-hmm. is not like I want to fall into the abyss of consciousness <laughs> and like it sounds cold, it sounds whatever. Um, but when I'm triggered, what would happen if I just let, if I stopped trying to protect that or over that? And that sounds like an
0: like, everyday takeaway. Yeah. That and may, it, that it may sounds, be our new category for right. crazy woo woo. Yeah, or crazy and it practical. sounds like I could
1: really just chill out in more moments and see how that feels so that's sort of my takeaway right now is like oh what if i did get comfortable with being bumped and just relaxing instead of getting triggered Uh, that sounds nice here give
0: me your hand i'm gonna pinch you how you doing with that don't fucking pinch me (laughs) lisa just
1: pinched my hand i'm gonna relax into it the moment's gone not feeling spiteful. Chapter 14, letting go of false solidity. So this is where he talks about the concept of clinging. You take a set of thoughts in the mind and hold on to them. You make a highly complex rational structure out of them and then present that package as who you are. But it is not who you are. Agreements. Yeah. And like like I am a woman in my 30s who believes these things and has these siblings and looks like this and has this job. Right? It's this like highly rational complex idea of i guess identity capital right that we cling to um but this is not who you are it is just the thoughts that you have pulled around yourself in an attempt to define yourself you do this because you are lost inside basically you attempt to create a sense of stability and steadiness inside this generates a false but welcome sense of security you also want the people i wrote you also want the people to have done the same
0: thing that I think that sound makes like sense. sense. No, that makes sense. <laughs> that you're doing this, you also want you other want people other to You want other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This protective shield of beliefs and concepts regarding the outside world acts as insulation between you and the people you interact with. By having preconceived notions about other people's behavior, you feel safer and more in control. Imagine the fear you would feel if you let the entire wall down. Who have you ever allowed directly into your true inner self without the protection of your mental buffer? Nobody, not even yourself. He says, you will never find yourself in what you've built to define yourself. Um, He also talks about how society rewards these false selves that we've created. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of Revolution from Within Mm -hmm. by Gloria Steinem. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not who we truly are. It's when we're acting the way like a sweet little girl should act Mm -hmm. that we get rewarded. Mm -hmm. Um, So why do we cling to our self-concept? If you stop clinging and let go of your facade, you'll understand why you developed it in the first place, he says. It will be very scary. If you're willing to face that sense of panic, you can go further into the consciousness that is experiencing it and develop a great sense of... Inner peace. So he says, don't allow events to disturb you. Don't cling to them. Just let them pass through you. He says this one million times in the book. If an event in the universe didn't match your internal model and is causing disturbance inside of you, if you will notice this, you will find that it is actually breaking up your model. You'll get to the point where you like this because you don't want to keep your model. You'll define this as good because you are no longer willing to put any energy into building and solidifying your facade. Instead, you will actually permit the things that disturb your model to act as the dynamite to break break it up, and free you. He says this is what it means to live spiritually. When you become truly spiritual, you are totally different from everybody else. That which everybody else wants, you don't want. That which everybody resists, you totally accept. You want your model to break, and you honor the experience when something
0: happens to cause disturbance within you. So if I said to him, what you're saying is bullshit, he would, according to his theory, need to accept it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I admire that about him.
1: I think so. I mean, I think that's what he would say. I hope,
0: because he's preaching it.
1: So... He says, when your mind is disturbed, don't ask, What do I do about this? Instead, ask, Who am I that notices this? The true path to inner freedom is through the self, the observer. Awareness transcends what it is aware of. Okay, Eckhart. Yeah, yep. Your only way out is the witness. Just keep letting go by being aware. That you are aware.
0: Objection. The witness is leading the <laughs> thank testimony. You, thank
1: you. We are so close to being done. Thank So you. we are in part five, living life, chapter 15, unconditional happiness. Um, I am going to read you the very beginning of this chapter. The highest spiritual path is life itself. If you know how to live daily life, it all becomes a liberating experience. But first, you have to approach life properly, or it can be very confusing. Oh, God. To begin with, you have to realize that you really only have one choice in this life, and it's not about your career, whom you want to marry, or whether you want to seek God. People tend to burden themselves with so many choices. But in the end, you can throw it all away and just make one basic underlying decision. Do you want to be happy, or do you not want to be happy? It's really that simple. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for you to explode. Once you make that choice, your path through life becomes totally clear. Mm -hmm. Most people don't give themselves that choice because they think it's not under their control. Someone might say, well, of course I want to be happy, but my wife left me. In other words, they want to be happy, but not if their wife leaves them. But that wasn't the question. The question was very simply – do you want to be happy or not? Shut up! If you keep it that simple, okay. you will see that it really no. is under your control. No. It's just that you have a deep-seated set of preferences that gets in the way. Now... If you say yes, you want to be unconditionally happy. It might happen that your wife leaves you or your husband dies or the stock market crashes or your car breaks down on an open highway at night. Those things might happen between now and the end of your life. But if you want to walk the highest spiritual path, then when you answer yes to that simple question, you must really mean it.
0: There are no— He is coming from— such a place of judgment.
1: Yep. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Nope. It's not a question of whether your happiness is under your
0: control. Of course it's under your control. Of course it's under your control. It's just
1: that you don't really mean it when you say you're willing to stay
0: happy. Yeah. You want to qualify it. You do. You don't want um, to live <laughs> under a systemic uh, uh, system of oppression.
1: You want to stay uh, say that as long as this doesn't happen or as long as that doesn't happen. God, I mean, just shut up with your wage gap, women. Yes. That's, that's why it seems like it is out of your control. God. Any uh, conditions you create will limit your happiness. That's right.
0: You should be happy for the 53 you, cents on the dollar you make. You simply aren't going to be able to control
1: the things and keep them the way you want them. That's
0: right. One out of four women will be uh, a in their lifetime. Just be happy. Um unconditional happiness is the
1: highest technique there is yes you don't have to learn sanskrit or read any scriptures you don't have to renounce the world you just have to really mean it when you say that you choose to be happy and you have to mean it regardless of what happens just choose this is a truly a spiritual path and it is as direct and sure a path to awakening as could possibly exist
0: quick question do you feel like after um seeing that documentary born into brothels that they're not choosing to be happy? I think this is probably the most problematic part of the book for me. Great. So,
1: um, yeah. And this is where I had that that paragraph that we jumped ahead to earlier. And I was like, well, wait a second. So if someone is torturing me, abusing me, I'm born into a horrible situation. I have no education. You know, it just – it, it, this is the part where I was like, Oh, yes, this is just like rich white men, you know, kind of experience. So no, I don't think that that those kids are just choosing to be conditionally happy or whatever. I don't think it's that simple. And I think, you know, I, I keep going back to like the next the next um, Uh, moment of grief in my life, right? So if somebody had said, your dad died, you just have to let it pass through you. You just, he died suddenly and in a terrible way and you just have to let it pass through you. And I keep thinking like, the next wave of that that will eventually come for me, am I really just to go... Oh, I'm just going to relax into this.
0: You know, I, I am not going to think about it. I am going to retreat to the seat of my consciousness and observe it. Oh,
1: it's well, it's like observing it and going, "Yes, I feel pain and I feel it and it's right there." So he is saying process and feel it, but it's like it's it doesn't it doesn't apply to Who everything. is the person feeling it. It's me, Lisa. It's me. <laughs> so,
0: mm-hmm. um is that the Yeah. Boss? No, no, no. Oh. One more thing.
1: One more thing. Chapter 17, Contemplating Death. Okay. I loved this chapter okay. on death. So I'm glad we're ending here because it's on high notes. Well, it's also on death, so it
0: feels like an appropriate time to It feels to right.
1: Anytime you're having trouble with something, think of death. Let's say. no, <laughs> <It's> Nope. <right. laughs> nope. Let's say you're what an open to a chapter. I love it. uh, Let's—it's actually the third paragraph. Let's say you're the jealous type, and you can't stand anyone being close to your mate. Think of death. Think about what will happen when you're no longer
0: here. Your mate can fuck whoever they want. That's right. Is it really all that romantic that your loved one should live alone with no one to care for them? No, they're gonna be crushing ass left and right.
1: (laughs) Crushing ass, just clearing butt chakras. Left, (laughs) right, center. If you can get past <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm letting that joyous moment pass, pass right through, through me. me. I may put that one in my core. If you can get past your personal issues, you'll find that you want the person you love to be happy and to have a full and beautiful life. And crush so much ass. Since that is what you want for them, why are you bothering them now just for talking to someone? It shouldn't take death to challenge you to live at your highest level. Why wait until everything is taken from you before you learn to dig down deep inside yourself to to reach your highest potential. A wise person affirms, if with one breath all of this can change, then I want to live at the highest level while I'm alive. Okay. I'm going to stop
0: bothering the people I love. I'm going to live life from the deepest part of my being. Misty, I was going to have a difficult conversation with you, but I'm just thinking of death, so I'm not going to. That's
1: right. That, yeah, that's right. Um, it's So the last two quotes I want to end on mm-hmm. from this chapter It's scarcity that makes things precious. Death is your friend. Death is your liberator. For God's sake, do not be afraid of death. You fear death because you crave life. Many people fear death is taking something away from them. The wise person realizes death is constantly giving to them. in the very last chapter, he does finally get real
0: religious uh, and talk oh, a lot about God. That Not, comes out of nowhere. It kind of does. And
1: he he does a lot of like Judeo-Christian quotes and sort of yogic uh, Buddhist teachings. I know yoga and Buddhism are very different things. I'm doing my best here, people. Um, but we're going to skip over that and I'll end with this quote. quote. The beauty of embracing deep truths is that you don't have to change your life. You just change how you live your life. End quote. I'm just going to think of death. So that Misty, is. thank you so much. That is The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Self by Michael A. Singer. If you want to know more, check out untetheredsoul.com
0: or use the interwebs. Or just rewatch The Black stallion.
1: Thank um, you.
0: Misty, what yes. did this author get right?
1: For me, in my experience, first of all, it's. The amount of stories he uses, because the brain learns in story format, mm-hmm. was great. Great. So this is very abstract stuff. And we've seen Eckhart Tolle, like, really try and throw it all at us. And, and it strangle kind of you with a off. sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he uses story to help. Story
0: format was really, yeah. Great. That was really helpful. What did this author get wrong? From your opinion, not from uh, well, my think, rantings.
1: Well, I, I do think that... It is oversimplified in a lot of areas. There's not enough caveats per the huge. And the more we talk about it, because normally it takes me a couple days to process For these sure. books, but I finished it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it does come from a very privileged perspective, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's so, what he's got. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's got. That's his herm-
0: hermeneutical lens, my friend. Is that a unicorn or is that the horse's ear?
1: It's the horse's ear, but it sure looks like a unicorn on the cover. It looks like it may be a unicorn on a beach
0: after all. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Misty, who is this book perfect for? This book is perfect for some— People with some butt chakra blockage. Yeah.
1: Anybody who's got a blocked, deep, deep blocked uh, butt chakra. So me— and uh any honestly anybody who wants an introduction to the sort of spiritual woo woo side of this, this or the like Goldilocks the spark. consciousness i think so because with the four agreements it's very very simple and you have to agree at the beginning that you're living in the mitote the dream <laughs> You know, I
0: forgot about that. Yep, yep. And, and this echo- one, this yeah. one
1: actually does infuse a little
0: bit of science That's into great. it. Yeah. Um, do you have a, a a listener challenge and a fucking homework assignment for yours truly? Yeah. So
1: what I want you to do, and this is something I'm going to do too, because mm-hmm. normally I'd have a little bit more time to. Um, practice what was going on. And I did have, you know, a triggering phone call on the way over here. And I did try to just relax into that. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling a lot of feelings this week and trying to just be like, okay, they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want you to notice uh, a soft spot or two. Great. And see if when someone triggers that, are you able
0: to just... Feel it and let it go. Okay, great. Great. I'm just going to think of death. Yeah. Um, cool, 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 cool. I think that's it. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? So,
1: yeah. So the one thing I'll say before we end is that my mom uh made me a super cute bookmark with ladybugs and go help yourself on it. And it's really sweet, especially because I do need bookmarks these days. So we will post a picture of that on our Instagram um and yeah i really want to know what people thought of this book because this is a huge book oprah loves it it's one of those mega doozy who's it what's it's yeah you know Mm -hmm. um so with that everybody listen you know how to reach us listen to the outro who can care we love you let us know if you put anything into practice from this book and with that life
0: life is is abundant. abundant